1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast here on AuburnUndercover.com. My name is Nathan King, Auburn Beat Reporter for 247 Sports and AuburnUndercover.com. And I'm joined, as always, on these Tuesday editions of the Auburn Undercover Podcast by my esteemed colleague, one Philip Marshall. And Philip, we were talking last week at this time. We said we'd circle back depending on what happened in that old miss game. We said, uh, you know, we might be talking about our podcast, might have a very different direction next week if uh, if Auburn were to lose that game but they didn't they came out on top and they did what they needed to do at the end of the game um, to get the win I guess we've probably talked about it I know we've had two podcasts since the game talking about the results of the game ad nauseum um, but just kind of the the things that have transpired over the past 24 hours with the SEC officiating and the, the Lane Kiffin fine and uh, just what do you make of, of everything that's gone on with the SEC over the over the past day or so, it seems like it's just been it's been pretty wild, and I feel like the SEC kind of blew it out of proportion a little bit by uh, by finding Lane Kiffin
0: so much. Maybe that's just me, though. I didn't necessarily agree with that. Well, they're gonna do that. If you criticize officials, you're gonna get fined. That is like automatic. And anybody who didn't think like Lane Kiffin would be the first one who just hasn't paid much attention to Lane Kiffin. Uh, and I assure you. He didn't win any friends either when he when he ridiculed it and talked about his son's college fund and all that stuff. You know, Wayne Kiffin has has been called on the carpet in the commissioner's office before when he was in Tennessee, uh, accusing people of cheating left and right. And accuse, accused accused uh, Urban Meyer of cheating when what he did wasn't against the rules, <laughs> uh, but uh, which I think was calling a player while he was on an official visit to Tennessee. Well, I mean, there's no rule against that, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think the uh, the unfortunate thing about the whole thing is that one they they should okay the SEC said they should have stopped it, so obviously I guess they should have. I, I don't question that, but then they stopped. They didn't say anything more than that. They didn't say it was he touched it or he didn't or any of that stuff. So the question's still out there. But the thing that's I don't know if troubling is the right word to me, but it's it's the modern way I know. Uh, but but the Arkansas situation and the Ole Miss situation, uh, some of our colleagues at other places uh, have have immediately jumped on the notion that. If those calls, if, if those things don't, hap- don't happen, uh, Auburn loses those two games, and that is nowhere close to being an automatic fact. Uh, uh, if you look at the old Miss one, uh, it's like look to me like, and of course you don't know, but Sean Shivers was waving his arms toward the official like, like it was a question: Is that a touchback? Uh, had the official not, had the official not done anything, had he stood there and not blown the whistle? Clearly the person with the best chance to recover the ball was Sean Shivers. Uh, the, uh And the same thing applies in the Arkansas game, really even more so. I mean, if you look at what happened in the Arkansas game, uh, DJ Wade was the first person to the ball. And he was just bending over to pick it up because which, to me, I to me, I, I don't know the exact route, but immediate recovery means whistle blows, players recover the ball before anything else has a chance to happen. Neither one of those was that to me. Uh, once the official is blowing his whistle and waving his arms, that says to players stop plays over. So the, the officials unquestionably, uh messed up in both cases there's no doubt about that The replay official and uh you know kiffin was talking about how well the official told me i already looked at it well the officials on the field don't don't stop play for a review the review the review official does and he didn't so the official the officials on the field there was nothing else they could do and i can certainly see why uh like I said, to this day, I have never seen the ball actually touch, in my mind, uh, Sean Chavez with his finger. His finger went backwards. But what, does that t- what do you do with that if you're the replay official? My guess is the call stands. Because they never, but, but maybe not. But the officials on the field, they, there wasn't anything they could do. They obviously didn't didn't see it hit Sean Shivers's finger. Uh uh so to them it was just a routine play. It it didn't hit him, it's in the end zone as a touchback. And uh and as as minuscule as it was, it's easy to see how that happened. So I don't think the mistake in the Ole Miss game was near as severe as the mistake in the Arkansas game when when they uh when they were standing there looking, and he and he spiked it, and it wasn't forward. And uh, yeah, I agree. And they, and they still blew the whistle. Uh, that was on the officials on the field. I actually think the replay officials got it right under the circumstances in that game. But it was very bizarre. The truth of the matter is, nobody knows what would have happened if those if those two things had not happened. Nobody knows, and we'll never know. And I yep. think uh, now. Gus Malzahn said it exactly right today. He said we won the game, and he's right. They did, and uh, and you can't review holding calls. But the holding call thirty yards behind the play against yep. uh, on 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 uh, Tank Bigsby's kickoff return was ridiculous. Uh, I talked to I, I kind of got this thing about holding, and that I think they need to have a big meeting and. Uh, uh, and identify exactly what it is and when it's called. And once it's done that, they call it every time. And if it means there's 150 yards of penalties in one game, so be it, they'll stop doing it. Uh, but every official I've ever talked to about it has told me, I says, when do you decide what to call? Because I, obviously everybody knows there's holding going on on just about every play. And the answer 100% of the time has been, unless it's just flagrant like somebody tackled somebody if it's not if it's not a uh if it has no impact on the play I don't call it and that was the epitome of having no impact on the play on that kickoff return and it was certainly not flagrant yeah so i mean was it holding probably i looked like he probably got had got got some of his jersey but uh but most 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 officials would not call that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's what Gus and like Philip was saying with Gus's response today. We have a quick story on it on the website if you haven't seen it. But um, yeah, he was saying, well, I mean, he basically said we got hosed on the on the kickoff return. Which, if me if you're Auburn, the positive there is that um, Tank Bigsby had a heck of a return, and he's been a heck of a return man all year in terms of his averages. And like Philip was saying, that was way behind the play, and it's not like the holding sprung the play there. Um, but anyway, I mean, just kind of that's been that's been a big storyline. We're now halfway through Auburn's season, only five games and um, two or three times. There's just been and there's this perception right now. Um, and like Philip said, it's not just it's not just SEC fans because SEC fans will be I mean, they'll say whatever they want. It's they're just trying to have fun. But uh, I mean, members of the media, people are legitimately running with this thing where the SEC officiating crews have, have, have given Auburn favorable breaks in these games. Um, and so I think Auburn's just going you know, to be great. A lot of Auburn fans say, and, and,
0: and rightly so, a flagrantly missed call on a flagrant double dribble might have cost Auburn's basketball team the national championship. Hey, you know, it all it all comes back around. <laughs> so, I mean, don't lie. I've seen so many. I've seen so many bad calls over the years. They happen in every game, just about, and and I've seen a lot of them that that that. Change the outcome. It's just that's just part of it. And in this, these two cases, you don't know that they change the outcome. They might have, but they might not have. So, I personally think it's much ado about it, not very much. Yeah. Other than SEC officials need don't need to be making those kinds of mistakes, whether it's the replay booth or the uh, or the uh, officials on the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, if there's one and- positive out of it, it's that people. I mean, the the SEC needs a lot of changes, and it, it it's it's just not okay to miss these calls, and 24 hours after the game, twice now for Auburn, have to issue a statement and say, okay, we got it wrong. I, I don't. It's a it's a strange system to me that seems. So well, I've always right said now. for many um, years
0: that, that they, uh, whether it's the referee or one designated official, everybody else involved in football games has to answer for what happened. Coaches, players, everybody except officials, and I've always said they they ought to make one official available after games. And I don't understand why that's just that is just seemingly just a a total non-starter. I mean, it's uh, yeah, it's a good idea. uh, uh, And then you know, if, if he doesn't know. But, you know, I'm sure if you had an official in the game uh, talking about that game Saturday, and in in this case, in my plan, it would be the referee who would then talk to whoever else about uh, what, play, whether he, if he didn't see that play, he would talk to the guy that did. Who would have told him, I never saw him touch the ball. That's what he would have told him. And, uh, uh, but, you know, like I said, it's, it's uh you, you start a, – a bad call in the second quarter can, can have just as much impact on a game as a bad call with five minutes left. So, and, you know, and yeah. it, even if everything had gone like old Miss would have wanted it to go when it had been a touchdown and they'd kicked the extra point and they'd been up eight points, you know, I, I still think Auburn probably would have scored again and it would have come down to whether they could make the two-point conversion to win in overtime. So, you don't you don't know yeah. – to, to say that that changed the outcome of the game is is a, is a stretch. You just don't know that.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, to continue to play devil's advocate, I guess. I mean,
0: Auburn didn't even score on that no. drive. Look, Ole o- uh, I mean, I- make- o- Miss had – Ole Miss had the ball and the lead after that. and yeah. And then Auburn had the ball and, they, uh, they, they you know, Ole Miss had an opportunity to stop them. And – that's what Wayne Kiffin would have been a lot better off if he would have said, and 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 then uh, and then reserve his his anger for for talking to the SEC office. Uh, yep. But yep. that's not him. It never has been.
1: <laughs> no. Nope. And I don't know if Ole Miss fans exactly want that to be. Oh, no, they probably I feel don't. Like and. I if it's and, and, you well. know,
0: even though he shouldn't have ridiculed it because it, 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 I promise you it didn't win any friends with, a, uh, with the SEC office, ridiculing the, 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 the fine is, was, that wasn't very smart either. Even though I would bet I don't know this, I don't know how it works, but I wonder how many coaches actually pay those fines and how many of them get paid by the athletic department.
1: Yeah, that'd be a, <laughs> that'd be interesting to figure out. I wonder how many of those but, Gus has but, actually put, put toward but, over the
0: years. Uh, but but I, has Gus been fined? I don't think he has, has he?
1: I don't think so. I, I, the only fines I can think about are the rushing the field yeah, the uh, ones. Those
0: are In too. Auburn's <laughs> recent memory. Those are special too. After – uh yeah, that's all I can think of. After the Iron Bowl this past year, I was standing out waiting. I had gone to the exit where the, the media room. And Mark Womack, who's the associate SEC commissioner, was back there and uh, uh, on the phone, and, and he hung up, and he said, yeah, I, I was just calling my office to tell them if the budget's been uh, increased. <laughs> yeah, those Iron Bulls. Those Iron Bulls will do that. <laughs> well, that's a whole other story, but rushing the field is stupid. Somebody can get hurt. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, I was out there last year and just nearly got. Trampled. So there's really no way. There's nothing you can't have enough security to keep it from happening. If if, if they're determined to do it, they'll do it. I, after one game, uh, I was standing in the end zone. I don't remember what game it was. It was obviously a big game, and uh, probably it may have been Iron Bowl too. But uh, I was talking to a security guard, and I said, "I said, what are you going to do if they start coming out of the stands?" He said. Gonna do the same thing you're gonna do. I'm gonna get out of the <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, anyway,
1: way. Yeah. Probably way off topic there. But, no, uh, no, yeah, 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 yeah. In, on way on the topic of, of SEC fines, but uh, we'll uh, we'll take a short break here on the podcast and get back into Auburn's next game on the other side of it because Phillips has got uh, some interesting insight into the history of this rivalry and uh, it's it's it, the rivalry's taking a different turn this year. It's not the game that it normally is. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back on the Auburn Undercover Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back on the Auburn Undercover podcast. My name is Nathan King here with Philip Marshall. And it's finally LSU week. Um, One of Auburn's biggest rivals. It's always uh, a crazy game. It's going to be further amplified this season. Um it's on Halloween. Auburn isn't playing a bunch of games on Halloween traditionally. Um it's a full moon too. I don't there's know if no you know Philip, I mean just it's just it's going to be a bunch of weird. I mean this game always produces some sort of for my freshman year was when the tree burned down. Um you I'm sure were there when the when the barn burned down. I mean just there's always just kind of oh, strange stuff it, that
0: that's going on. Uh, unbelievably strange. It's uh it's you know as I wrote about today. I mean there and if you baton rouge and here and it's just a uh it's usually very close i mean there have been some blowouts for sure but but most of the time it's very close i mean the the three straight games lsu has won auburn would certainly look at the first two, two when they had a 20 point lead in 2017 and a 11 point lead in 2018 and lost those games they should have won and they they you know they had a had a at least a chance at a monumental victory in Baton Rouge last season, and uh, and that's usually the kind the kind of games it is. They play really hard against each other. It's usually, usually a, uh, I mean, as I wrote about in that piece, the most most violent football game I think I've ever watched was the nineteen was the two thousand and six Auburn LSU game that Auburn won seven to three at, at Jordan Air Stadium. I mean, Kenny Irons never did recover from from that game. He'd been Player of the Year the year before, and in the SEC, and it, and he was never quite the same after, after, after that LSU game.
1: Was that? Do you think that was like a concerted talking about two thousand six? Was I mean, what what was kind of? Were the factors that went into that game being like that that season?
0: Well, the two top ten teams. Uh, uh, the uh, um, so it was really it was a really big game and they were both kind of probably de- defense oriented. And, uh, uh, it was a, uh, it's just one of those games that started out that way and stayed that way. I mean, they just, they just pounded each other. And, uh, sometimes before the whistle of blown, and sometimes after the whistle of blown. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it was for an old timer like me, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, uh, even though it was, there was only 10 points scored. It was uh, –
1: Yeah, not many of those anymore.
0: No, no. I don't think that will happen Saturday. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I mean, it tells you something. You look at Auburn and they've given up, what, 28 twice and 30 once? Yeah. And 13? Yep. Uh, and they're third in the SEC in scoring defense.
1: Yeah, they're actually the only team in the SEC I, I saw this weekend that hasn't allowed more than 30, which is – Right, exactly right. It's just not – granted, Georgia's played Alabama. If they hadn't played Alabama, they probably wouldn't. But still, to your point, yeah. You, yeah, I mean I – mean, uh, Holding uh, Ole Miss to 28 was phenomenal. That's, that, yeah, that's a well, great it's defense. Below,
0: it's below – they held them below their average. And uh, I think – I think the, uh, that Kevin Steele thought they could hold them to 21. And uh, – uh, and so it, it was close to that, and it was really similar to LSU last year. And it was an unusual, not exactly the same, but it was an unusual plan because they wanted them to run the ball. Uh, they 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 were gonna not they were not gonna let the top get off, get taken off the coverage. And if that and when you got three down line the most of the game, then that's an opportunity for the other team to run it unless they're just really not any good at Ole Miss. People don't realize Ole Miss is a, is a really good running team. They had 240-something yards rushing against Alabama. Uh, so uh, Ole Miss is good on offense. They're just not very good on defense. No. No, they're not. <laughs> they, they don't
1: even line up well on defense. I, mean, so. no,
0: they, uh, I, I expect – he's not going to say it, but I expect Albert, Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris both probably think they should have scored more than they did, really. Because they scored – they had five long touchdown drives, which is uh, I think 78 or 79 yards or more. And that's pretty impressive against anybody. Yeah. But that was half their possessions. The other other half they didn't score.
1: Yeah. I think Gus was probably pretty – to me, something I kind of noticed in the middle of the game that I thought might be a key if Auburn were to lose was how they had the ball right before the half and right after the half, and they didn't get points out of either of them. Right. So I feel like that's right. probably a point in the game where they thought – because before the half, they crossed Ole Miss territory, and then after the half, I think they just went three and out immediately. So. Yeah, I,
0: I thought when they didn't do anything on the first possession of the third quarter that they might be in trouble, uh, really. Uh, but, uh, you know, the, big, the biggest play in the game might have been McCreary running down the guy on the fake field goal. Uh, because Auburn just snapped the ball over the punter's head. And if I'm not mistaken, that's the first time that's ever happened to Auburn, to the Auburn snapper. I don't believe he's ever done that.
1: Before. Yeah, I think so. And so for Ole Miss yeah. to get no points out of it. Is yeah, crazy. and to, uh, Ole Miss to get nothing,
0: which I thought the fake field goal was kind of a strange call, to be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't get that. He, he could go for it or kick it, you know. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but I, I thought – I thought the uh, the extra point was was at least as much on the holder as on the snap. I mean, it looked like it was like head high. I mean, but I know the ball was the ball was slippery and all, and all that stuff. So, but uh, yeah, to to lose the game, I mean, that, if, if Ole Miss had won twenty eight to twenty seven, that would have been the second game this year they've won on a missed extra point. <laughs> so. Yeah. Because Kentucky missed an extra point mm. in overtime to, to end it, I guess.
1: No, yeah. they had
0: it first and missed the extra point,
1: then Ole Miss scored and kicked one. Well, regardless, Ole Miss has one win by one point, if if that's yeah, if that's correct. But they scored a
0: bunch of points, but
1: yeah. And once that defense gets right,
0: I think they'll be they
1: should be in good shape. But um, I, an- I think
0: that they could. That defense is a long way from getting right. They're though, a few yeah. years away, probably. <laughs> yeah. A good
1: defensive coordinator. But you know. I will tell you this, too, though,
0: though, though, Nathan. If you play as fast as they play, you're going to give up points.
1: Yeah, it's hard. You're gassed. I uh, think that's so. what Alabama's kind of starting to figure out, by the way, that they're playing now. Is they're
0: just... And you give the other side more times at bat, too, mm-hmm. not just yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so it's a team that's not playing as well on defense as it did last year. Um, is LSU? That's the team that's coming in this weekend. Gus Melzon talked today about. that I mean, it's a huge game, no matter what. They're the defending national champions, but there's really no way around the fact that they haven't played as well this season. However, of course, just to Auburn's luck, they definitely played their best game of the season um, this last week against South Carolina. Uh, the true freshman quarterback T.J. Finley, who I. I think it's probably going to start. Um, I was – I listened – yeah, I listened to Ed Orgeron's press conference yesterday and it didn't really seem like – he said Miles Brennan's not going to go unless he's 100%. And, look, Finley did a lot of good things. This LSU offense looked great in that game. The defense looked really good. Um, But to you, Philip, we were kind of talking about this before the show, that that loss made Auburn's loss to South Carolina – just all the more perplexing to you because it did not shine very well on, on making South Carolina look like a very good team. No, they're not.
0: And, uh, as we said, if all, if if Auburn would have just lined up and run the ball 50 times, Auburn would have won the game. Uh, if they would have had the same approach against South Carolina, they had against Ole Miss, they would have won. I don't have any doubt about that, but they didn't and they didn't. So, uh, one of those games, and nothing you can do about it. Just like Georgia against South Carolina last year. You know, the thing about this game to me is the winner of this game will at least hang on to some hope that things could happen down the stretch and give them a chance, because they both still they still both got Alabama to play. Uh, Texas A&M's only lost one game, but that's to Alabama. So, it's in in terms of the of the SEC West. That might as well be two games, because Alabama would have to lose twice. Or if you're if you're the winner of the Auburn LSU game, you're telling yourself, okay, if we win out, maybe somebody will maybe somebody will get Alabama in this in this weird season. And if they do, then we're playing to win the West. So in in, in the mind of players who look for things to hold on to, to uh, uh, the winner of this game still in it. Uh, the loser is clearly out of it. Yeah. The, the loser, the loser of this game would have a difficult time calling this a, a successful season, no matter what happens. Yep. Agreed. Uh, so in that respect, it's a really big game. And obviously LSU is talented, but you know their defense gave up like 440 yards to South Carolina too. They're not. They are not real efficient on defense for whatever no. reason. A lot of young guys. They're really good at rushing the passer, uh, which tells me what Auburn's got to be able to do. They got to be able to run it. If Auburn can't run the ball, they're going to be in trouble, and it's going to be a little harder without without uh, Brandon Council. Uh, he was their most physical guy inside, and uh, that that was a big loss. And we don't know. It might have a. It, it, a bigger impact than what people realize because offensive linemen are so kind of invisible, uh, yeah, uh, that that you don't really know. But uh, if if uh Keandre Jones or whoever they, they're on a uh, I guess Keandre Jones or possibly it could be Austin Troxon, yeah, uh, you, you they're gonna have a big load to carry because if Auburn's gonna win, they have got to run it. Uh, that's to me. That is the number one thing, because if they don't run it, they're not going to be able to protect the quarterback. Yep. And, uh, and if they have to throw a bunch of passes, they're going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah, especially into the secondary. I mean, LSU has not been as good on defense this year, but they've still got a bunch of guys. They got Derek Stingley. They got Jacoby Stevens. They got Ricks, the freshman who just made that pick six in that last game. And, yeah, I mean, Keandre Jones is, is going to have to hold up with, along with the rest of this offensive line against all those good pass rushers as well. Um, like Phillip said, I mean, it's, it's a defense that hasn't necessarily, I don't think, played up to its standard yet, but probably similar to how Auburn feels like it hasn't played up to its potential on offense yet. So this is really kind of a, a meeting yeah. at the head sort of game yeah. here in the middle of the season where I, I, I agree with you, Philip. It, it, could, it could mean a lot for these, whoever wins this game, feeling like not only are you going to challenge in the SEC West, but just kind of in general feeling like we are a good team. We are a right. top 25 team that can challenge in the SEC. Um, no, it's huge. And I think the fact that Auburn gets it on its home field is huge.
0: And, the, you know, the winner is going to be ranked next week. Probably. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, not the, the, those rankings don't mean much of anything except conversation. But, uh, but I still think that uh, – like, I think you put it well. Whoever wins this game is going to feel like they're a good team. And, you know, LSU has been good on offense all along. Uh, I mean – they, they scored a lot of points even when they lost. But, uh, you know, so <laughs> they're going to score. I, I'd, I'd be surprised if they scored in the 40s, but they're going to score. And, uh, and of course, then it's just like, you know, if you turn the ball over, you're probably going to lose either side. And it's going to be interesting. The, the freshman quarterback playing in uh, his first game in, a, uh, in the comfort of home, Right. The, and also playing against a team that had not seen him at all mm-hmm. because he had not played a snap before Saturday. And uh, it's going to be a bigger challenge for him Saturday.
1: Yep. I think if you're Auburn, you're probably encouraged a lot by what you saw in terms of the defensive backs playing against Ole Miss because they, they had the, the one against Kenny Yaboa, the tight end, where he was kind of able to break away. They just lost him in coverage. But in terms of when Matt Corral tried to push the ball down the field, they couldn't find much success. Granted, uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't their bread and butter. I mean, they ran for two hundred eighty no, yards. They
0: say they, they had – I don't know what happened on the, on the big gainer to the tight end, but that was really the only time – that was really the only, only time the passing gate really hurt Auburn. Yep. Uh, but uh, um, it'll be most interesting. You know, the thing about Auburn right now is, is they got on defense – you know, with going into the season, linebacker looked like a real strength. And don't get me wrong, Owen Papo and Jacoby McClain are both really, really good players. But who's behind them? Nobody has hardly played. I mean, Owen, Owen Papo. Hapo, played, yeah, I'm sure he would say played every snap. Against yep. Ole Miss. Yep. Every snap. And last year, and at the plan going into this year, I know because Travis Williams told me, he said, he said, we try to roll those guys every – Every other possession, because you had Chandler Wooten and and KJ Britt and those two guys. Well, now you just got those two guys.
1: Yeah, and the freshmen aren't ready yet. That's what Papp said. They're not, or they'd
0: be playing more. So, uh, uh, if, if something happened to one of them, I wouldn't be totally surprised to see uh, Jamie Sherwood become a linebacker. Yep, I think there'd be a good chance that would happen. um, But you know. It's gonna be a really interesting game. I, I don't it's hard to it's hard to get a grasp on what's likely because I mean LSU lost to two teams you would never have expected them to lose to. And uh though so I will say this, uh Eli Eli Drinkwich has done a heck of a job. That old that Missouri team has gotten better and better. And that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how the Florida Gators do after missing two full weeks of practice. Yep. Did not practice for two weeks.
1: Yeah, that's not easy. That's Missouri's got to be looking at chops. Uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, something that Auburn's medical staff deserves credit for. I guess they haven't had a single player miss a game with with COVID related reasons.
1: I mean, I kind of perused around the SEC. I think they're the only ones. I don't, I don't, I can't think of another team or I've seen another team that didn't have a single case. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's not, I mean, it's not their fault all the time. If you get a case I mean, it's oh, not no, obviously not, obviously
0: right. not. But point, <laughs> but, uh, right. But to your point,
1: but to your point, what Auburn can control, they've controlled very, very, very well. And I think the players have been really responsible with it too. That's yeah. yeah that's a big part of it.
0: Yeah. But that's, you know, I'm sure that, that Nick Saban and Greg Byrne weren't being reckless.
1: Right. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't out at Skybar.
0: Right. So, so, uh, uh, no, there's no question. And, uh, uh, that's why I've been con- confined to quarters now for going on ever long. But uh,
1: we'll get you out of there soon.
0: I hope. I hope. And my wife hopes you get me out of here soon. But, uh, uh, but uh, no, I look forward to this game. It's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be fun. And uh, I, assuming nobody gets in a turnover fest, I expect it to be really close. Yep. Like most of them are. Right, like and most of more the season, it, it's a, This is last week was big for Gus Malzahn, and this week is just as big. Yep. Because if if you win this game, you know it's hard to believe, really, to even think about it, that after this game, you got an open date, then you got Mississippi State, and then you got Tennessee, and then it's Iron Bowl. Yep. All of a sudden. I mean, it's uh It's amazing. And uh, I'll tell you, these SEC coaches have really missed having uh, guarantee games. Alcorn State. Here. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Not not so much because it's a game you're going to win, but it's just you get you get to play younger players and and, and all those things. And uh, but playing ten SEC games in eleven weeks—that's a uh, <laughs> yep. That's a challenge and it has been, this is obviously. So for everybody except yeah. And right. It's gonna be interesting <laughs> to see, you know, Jalen Waddle that was really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if anybody can absorb that it's them, but it will hurt them too. I mean, you don't you don't lose a player like that and and not feel it.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, especially I mean,
1: looking down to the Auburn games with how well he's played against Auburn. Right over his. I, I don't think.
0: I don't think it's such a problem that it affects the trajectory of their season. But they will yeah. be. But their offense will miss him for sure, and their and their special teams for sure. Yep. By the return game.
1: Well, the SEC SEC schedule is just sort of a grand experiment that we're all we're all kind of witnessing it happen as it goes along, and we're all watching it evolve. I think it's definitely going to be something um we're probably going to be talking about for years after this season's over but auburn's got another big one it, like every single one is like philip said every game is huge for gus his program every game is huge for the trajectory of this year's team it's auburn it's lsu saturday at 2 30 on cbs be sure to keep it locked at auburnundercover.com for coverage throughout the rest of the week we'll have two more podcasts this week tons of stuff from me and philip mark and jason keith all the awesome stuff you guys always look forward to on the website it's going to be there um so thank you for checking out the podcast and we'll see you guys next time Sorry, I got it.